Hello and welcome to Into the Basement. This is Jess Hanna. And I'm Adrian Hanna. And happy Halloween, you happy guys. Happy Halloween. It's Halloween and we are here to talk about it. Werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky, Spooky scary. scary. Boys becoming men. Men becoming, becoming wolves. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. <laughs> I love Halloween and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. We, had, we were bad this year though. Yeah. We didn't really do much. Well, our neighborhood isn't very good for... Well, we also weren't. We'll get there. Next year we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we'll pass out some candy. Or tonight we'll pass out some candy. <laughs> um, anyway. So. Podcast time travel. <laughs> uh, you went trick-or-treating when you were a kid, right, Adrian? Yes, I did. Uh, did What was your favorite costume you ever dressed up in? Um... Thinking back on it, I can't really remember any costumes. I can't either. I vaguely remember um, being Wicket the Ewok one year. Really? Yeah. Cool. I wore brown uh, footy pajamas and a Wicket the Ewok mask. It was one of those shitty plastic ones with the rubber band that breaks and and leaves a scar on your face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then another year, I was Darth Vader. Nice. Uh, same situation, except for I used construction paper and uh, um, popsicle sticks to make his uh, his uh, robot chest piece. Nice. Um, for, and, and you made it yourself? Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I think my mom helped me. I but, would imagine. You know. Uh, and then, again, shitty plastic mask with the rubber band well, that leaves like a scar. Well, they were like three bucks, probably. Yeah. So. If that. Um, yeah. I, 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 you might be sensing a theme here. I did a lot did of a lot Star, Star Wars, Wars costumes when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't remember... I know when I was like in second grade or third grade, I was like a, I was a zombie cheerleader. Nice. That's like the majority. That's not the majority. That's like the most I can remember about dressing up. But that was for class because me and my friends were, I think we did it as a group. I nice. don't know. And what was your favorite candy? Um, weirdly enough, I am one of those people that really likes those peanut butter chews that come in the black and orange wrapping that oh. everyone else hates. I always really liked those. Are they the same in the black and the orange? Because mm-hmm. I remember liking the orange ones, mm. but They're, never yeah, eating were, the black ones. They were both peanut butter. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. I think I was always partial to Smarties, mm. which is a weird thing to be partial to, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would I say don't, so. I, I think maybe it was just that maybe I was the youngest. Maybe it was the only thing I got that didn't get stolen from me, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't want to knock my sisters or anything, but I was the youngest, so yeah. they... They probably convinced you that it was the best candy. Maybe. That's possible. Yeah. That's possible. <laughs> um, did your parents ever check your candy? No. No? No. Really? Not that I recall. I mean, they might have, but without making a big production out oh, of it. Okay. But I don't I don't I don't I don't recall ever having my candy inspected when I got home. I don't either, but I feel like we always knew that like there was a that there was a chance or something Mm. i don't know um that is kind of what we're going to talk about tonight okay um about checking and what why we check and the well you got to check the apples for razor blades did you ever get apples uh i think so really i don't think i ever got apples but that's because i think we went i think my parents purposely took us to good neighborhoods because i don't i think we had a dentist in our neighborhood or something and they always gave out toothbrushes and shit yeah dumb well as you know parents freak out a little bit about trick-or-treating no 
Um, as long as there's been trick-or-treating, there's been parents kind of worried about tainted candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this usually translates into a concern about a homicidal stranger who seeks to hurt children or kill children by poisoning candy for whatever reason they're going to do this. Right. right? Like I, there, I've seen in my research, I saw some satanic cart people from in satanic cults cartoons mm. of people talking about killing kids for the for satan and yep. i just you know those satanic cults yeah. they're always out trying to murder people <laughs> exactly so um so this can be poisoning candy or like you said sticking razor blades into apples mm-hmm. or sticking razor blades and pins into candy mm-hmm. which um is something that i never would have thought of Anybody would never think anybody would do, right? It's right. um, a lot of effort. Yeah, exactly. So, and nowadays, these days, there's additional stuff. So nowadays, there's a lot of w- articles and and warnings out there for parents to watch out for ecstasy laced candy. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of, a, a lot of stuff on Twitter recently about that this year, um, which I think is really funny because I mean the th- things I'm seeing on Twitter is the rebuttal to that, which is commonly who's going to waste their drugs. And well, that's and I was just going to say people are talking about marijuana edibles. Yeah, and who, like no one's giving your kids. Yeah, the sorry, edibles. sorry, dude, nobody's going to going to waste their twenty dollar edibles on on little kids that don't know any better no, they might offer the parents some maybe yeah <laughs> hey you want i know you can't drink a beer while you're walking on the street you want a little well, bit of I, edible? I know a few people that get, hand out beers to the uh the adults that come through with their kids it's like hey here's candy for your kids oh hey you want a beer <laughs> so the truth is and we know this there's really no truth to these stories right um this would fall into the category of urban this legend. This is definitely an urban legend. No one is giving your children their marijuana edibles, like we said. Uh, no one is giving your children their ecstasy. That that just, I don't think, I, I, I have never purchased ecstasy, but I can't imagine that it's cheap. Right. And so I would assume that people are saving that for themselves. Right. Um, strangers sprinkling any drug or any poison to randomly hurt a child doesn't really happen right this is not a thing that we come across every year like like we've like we were led to believe as children and like our parents any parent kind of worries about that which is that's there's no fault to that right you got to worry about your kids but there's really not any major this doesn't happen and when it does if it does happen it's not it ends up being not exactly what is is not exactly what you think. Right. Okay. So occasion, but then again, occasionally you will get dickheads who will put pins and razors and stuff into stuff into candy bars or whatever. But those people are basically influenced by the stories of people putting pins and razors into things, and there's and usually when that happens. If that happens, it happens so seldom and so few and far between. It's caught like mm-hmm. immediately. Oh, like yeah. somebody will be like, there's like a hard metal object in my candy bar. I'm not going to eat it. I'm right. not going to shove the rest of it in my mouth. So, and if there is any like physical um, pain from it, it's like, oh, I got pin pricked mm-hmm. or I got, you know, a little cut on my lip or something. And never, but it's never happened to chill, like a little child. So, and a lot of times parents are bringing their stuff into the police stations and stuff too. 
to have it x-rayed mm-hmm. very seldom do i bet that's more fun for the kids than oh i bet yeah I, if i was, I was a kid i was just thinking that man that would have been cool yeah that would have been super cool but anyway so but you might say that you've heard the stories mm-hmm. you know you've heard you've definitely heard a story but this sure is what, it's it's in the zeitgeist in the zeitgeist you've seen the headlines children are dying from cocaine or heroin poisoning after eating halloween candy uh well i want to go trick-or-treating in those neighborhoods <laughs> and also this is simply an urban legend this is simply, like we said, it's simply an urban legend. Right. But, and when kids do come in contact with drugs during trick-or-treating, it is usually not candy related. Okay. And sometimes the cases that are reported to be cocaine or heroin or other drugs are actually not drug related at all the bet the testing is bad mm. so take for instance a little boy named kevin toastin okay or tostin in 1970 kevin was five years old um a couple days after halloween on november 2nd he lapsed into a coma and died four days later and apparently it was due to a drug overdose okay. he's five years old right um the police analyzed his halloween candy and found that it had been sprinkled with heroin. And, of course, this caused a massive uproar in the community, right? So, sure. Yeah, why wouldn't it? But when the, when the police investigated further, what they found was that the boy had actually gotten into his uncle's heroin stash. And the family, in order to protect the uncle, sprinkled the heroin on the boy's candy to... I, that's immediately oh. what I thought when you when you yeah. you were talking about this. So we see these stories. We see stories like this. All, we see these kinds of stories where mm-hmm. it's it's blamed on the candy because people think that it's possible. But then there's the, that's the only case right. of candy being you know whatever. And so and it turns uh, out it was fraud. Exactly. Yeah. So other cases are like I said before are simply attributed to drug laced candy with, but there's no proof of it. Mm-hmm. They just like the police will say. Oh, it's probably the police will say it or most more than likely it's not the police saying it more than more than more often than not. It's the press saying, oh, a little kid got deathly ill with this because of some sort of poisoning. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's bad initial testing as well. So like a doctor will see a test and flip out like I'm going to tell you about in a second or they'll see a test and read it wrong or something and then. When they retest, they find out there's no drugs at all, mm-hmm. and that the kids actually died from natural causes. Because m- when kids die on Halloween, whether it's natural causes or not, it is always blamed on some sort of candy issue. Of course it is. And of course, people want to look into that because nobody wants a little kid to die. Right. Little kids aren't supposed to die. Right. So it's, you know, they want to look into it. So in 1982, exactly what I just said happened. So a... Uh, a little boy became sick after trick-or-treating, and the doctor misread the initial lab results and announced cyanide poisoning. Oof. So, and he didn't, he just, he announced it. He went to the public right. and announced that it was cyanide poisoning. And then when they did follow-up testing, they found there was no poison in the boy's system and there was no poison in his candy. So, you just caused a stir, yeah. caused a panic for no reason for whatsoever. For no reason. Um, now occasionally there will be stupidity i'm a couple of cases here so well i mean that's pretty much all you've been talking about so far but i mean like 
Okay, so in 1964, there was a case of sort of kind of not really poisoning um, in Greenlawn, New York. A woman named Helen Feel was annoyed that teenagers kept trick-or-treating and she thought they were too old. Mm-hmm. So she made up little packages of inedible treats, inedible quote-unquote treats mm-hmm. for the kids. And they contain tricks, tricks essentially, yeah. containing dog biscuits, steel wool pads. Well, dog biscuits are edible, but <laughs> they're not tasty. They're not tasty. But dog biscuits, steel wool pads, and arsenic-laced ant buttons. Okay, that's... But they were clearly marked poison, and she told the... Wait, okay. ant, ant buttons, like the little ant traps that you la- leave out? I think so. Okay. That, well, then that makes sense. Yeah, so of course it's laced with poison. Yeah. You're trying to kill ants with it. So they were, they were clearly marked poison. There was actually the skull and crossbones on uh, it. And she told the teenagers when they were like, hey, what's this? She's like, you're too old to be getting candy, so this is what you get. Basically, this is a joke. You, you said trick or treat. Yeah. And I think that she may have even been, you know, open about the fact that there was a poison thing in there and so they somebody went home to their parents and their parents looked at their stuff or they told their parents about it and the parents freaked out and then right she was arrested for it i bet she probably would have gotten away with it if she hadn't had the ant traps in there well yes i'm sure she yes because nobody would have cared yeah. they would have been like ah this lady put dog biscuits and steel wool in a bag yep. and gave it to us yep but then she put, you know, poison in there. Right. You're not really supposed to do that. They are still children. Mm-hmm. So, but that's just one. That's that's like a stupid thing she did. But then there is like the most epic of dumb. Okay. Okay. You may have heard of this case. Okay. Because it's so dumb that it's fantastic. Okay. So in 2000, a postal employee took home a package filled with what he thought were Snickers bars from the dead letter office. Okay. Okay. That's something at the post office where if something keeps coming back or Mm -hmm. nobody claims it, they will usually donate the stuff. Right. And he was meant to donate things, but he took home these Snicker packets because he thought, oh, it's Halloween. I'll hand them out to the kids. Right. Okay. Unfortunately, what he didn't realize was that the quote unquote Snickers bars were actually little packets of marijuana dressed up to look like miniature Snickers. Oops. So he was giving children, like, I assume, like, I in my head, I'm imagining Snickers minis. Yeah. So it's like, 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 maybe like an, I don't know, not even, it's like one, like a one hitter kind of thing is my, my, right. but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was more than that. But can you imagine the look on the parents' faces right. when the kids, like, Dig into the Snickers because you know it's the first thing that kids oh, are digging man, into. Oh, man, vegetables, gross. <laughs> so police looked into the incident and they talked to the guy and they, it was very clear that he had no idea. <laughs> and they were like, you're an idiot. But obviously you didn't intend to do any harm to these kids. Right. So Clearly uh, this guy kind of was lame because he didn't sneak any of the Snickers himself to right? see that it was not Snickers. Who is this guy? How did he not know? How did he not smell it? It had to have smelled like Well, it. I mean, if it was a sealed package. Maybe. You I don't know. You wouldn't smell it. But I mean, like, who doesn't eat their own stash of <laughs> Halloween candy? I know. I've already broken into ours. Have you? <laughs> I'm terrible. But there's like 150 of them or right. something. So... <laughs> Thank you.
So unfortunately, hon, in the 1970s, a real life Halloween poisoning happened that was both true and intentional, but not random. Yep, that's the problem with the with having the uh, le- legend feed the legend like that. That's this. exactly what we're going to talk about right now. So, on October 31st, 1974, in Pasadena, Texas, okay. Ronald Clark O'Brien took his eight-year-old son, Timothy, out trick-or-treating with some friends, Jim Bates and Jim's kids, Mark and Kim. Uh, Timothy also had a sister named Elizabeth. It's hard... To- some reports say she was with the group when they went trick-or-treating. Some say she was not. It's not really that important for the story, but it, it's she, she comes into it sister. later. Yeah. So, Timmy had a sister, yeah. They went out in the Bates neighborhood because it was a little bit nicer than the O'Brien's neighborhood. And probably because going in a group is nice and they had a nice right. neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, the group ran around to several houses in about a two-block radius because it was kind of drizzling and raining a little bit, and they gotcha. didn't want to stay out too long. Um, and then they ended up at a dark house where the kids knock, knocked on the door anyway, which is kind of irritating. Right. I mean, that, there's a reason people turn the lights off. Yep. Um, when no one answered, the kids ran off because, well, no one's home. Right. We're going to go on. But O'Brien stayed around waiting just in case somebody came to the door. Gotcha. Um, a few minutes later. That's, he... that's what they call tenacity. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so when no one answered, the kids ran off, like I said, and Brian, O'Brien stayed. Um, a few minutes later, he met back up with the group. He said that the person at the house had, give, had given him five giant 22-inch pixie sticks. Okay. And... I remember those. And he was like, hey, your neighbors are, look at what your neighbors are giving out. They're loaded or something like that. It was just like, right. are pixie sticks that expensive? Even the 22-inch ones? Yeah, but the 22-inch the, one? ones are like 22 inches, but they're like they're like an inch diameter. Yeah, it's true. like you're And get, they're the hard plastic. Yeah, you're yeah. getting like a, a pound of, of pure sugar yeah. in each one of those things. Oh, God. I can, I can feel the spaz the diabetes yeah (laughs) so he gave one to each child in the group Mm -hmm. um and so four to tim four okay so four went to tim comma his five-year-old sister elizabeth comma mark comma kim okay the the four kids okay and then later he would give uh, the last one to a child he knew from their church who came to the door trick-or-treating after they went back to the Bates home nice so after they went returned home, O'Brien told Timothy and Elizabeth they could have one treat before bed. So, of course, you go for the and giant pixie Timothy stick. Timothy chose the pixie stick. Why wouldn't you? Why would his parents... Well, first of all, I know why, but why would your dad or mom say, yes, go ahead and eat 22 inches of sugar before you go to sleep? That's like... That that's the worst decision as a parent you've ever made. Right. Like you are gonna be your kids gonna be up all night long. Well, I mean, you know, it hap- Halloween happens once a year. You know, let your kid treat himself. I mean, if you're okay with dealing with the consequences of having a hyperactive kid for the entire night, then why not? I suppose. Okay. So when Timothy tried to eat the candy, though, he had trouble getting the sugar to come out. So his dad helped him. He like basically knocked the you know, probably he probably hit it with his finger or something to knock all the sugar. Right. And then he basically poured 
the thing down the kid's throat. Uh, Timothy said the substance tasted bitter, so his dad gave him some Kool-Aid to wash it down because what's better than sugar on sugar, ladies and gentlemen? Um, so um, unfortunately, almost immediately after eating the pixie stick, Timothy started to throw up yeah. and eventually he lost consciousness. An ambulance was called, of course, but Timothy died before reaching the hospital. When police tested the pixie stick, they found that it contained two times the amount of potassium cyanide necessary to kill an adult. To kill an adult. Um, They collected... So immediately, they run out. Mm -hmm. The police run out to the other places. So they they know that Elizabeth is... Don't eat that exactly. So Elizabeth is immediately taken away because obviously she's in the house with Timothy. Mm -hmm. Um, They get the ones from... Mark and Kim. And then the last kid was. The last kid had just finished cooking it up in a spoon and was about to inject <laughs> himself with it. Thinking that his, that his uh, cool guy neighbor had get, given out heroin again this year. What? <laughs> no, the last kid wanted to eat his, but the pixie stick had been, so it had been filled with cyanide and then re and then stapled. Uh-huh. And so the kid couldn't get get, get, the get the staple out. And so he was he basically fell asleep in bed trying, trying to open this thing. Thank God. Right. Because all four of the other pixie sticks, three times as much cyanide Yeesh. as it would take to kill an adult. So we're talking about a lot of cyanide that's been given to five children. Yeah. And not so much sugar. <laughs> like I sugar would have been preferable in this situation. Right. Well, I mean, it, it just sounds like basically the guy took out all of the pixie stick f- insides and then just poured pure potassium cyanide into it. And that, that's just what he was giving out was just tubes of poison. Well, naturally, when the public learned about the seeming confirmation of this long held belief that people were out to hurt or kill the kids using mm-hmm. Halloween candy, they lost their collective shit. Mob so, mentality. Mob mentality. So many families brought their candy to the police. However, and thankfully, it appeared that no other pixie stick beyond the five collected by O'Brien were even passed out in that neighborhood that night. So police asked O'Brien where the pixie sticks had come from because, you right. know, they need to know. And he told them that while he waited, the, while he'd been waiting at the dark house, the door opened just a crack and a hairy arm reached out with the five pixie sticks. He took the... It was a werewolf. <laughs> he was getting ready for his bar mitzvah. <laughs> so he took the police to the neighborhood where they had been trick-or-treating so he could show them the house. Mm-hmm. And at first, he didn't really remember which house it was, but eventually he was like, oh, it's this one. So the police investigated, talked to the owners, and it turned out that the mom was there passing out candy with her child and when they ran out of candy they turned off the lights like, like you, you do. do yeah and they were not giving out pixie sticks that night not especially not the giant ones right and what are we made of money the father who i would assume would have the hairy arm right was at work as an air traffic controller with 200 witnesses to corroborate his alibi so, not him. Right. 
The police, of course, are now suspicious of O'Brien because the right. story has been wonky from the get-go. They began to look into his background and they found that he was in debt for $100,000. Um, they also found out that he was likely going to lose his job as an optician because he was stealing and that he was possibly and definitely going to lose both his home and his car from non-payment. In the previous decade, he'd had 22 jobs in 10 years. Wow. Yeah. In they, the 70s? In the 70s. Man. They also learned that in January of 1974, Brian O'Brien had taken out a $10,000 life insurance policy on both of his children and only a month earlier, not even a month earlier, on October 3rd, he'd taken out an additional $20,000 on each of them, totaling $31,000 in life insurance policies. This guy sounds like a creep. Yeah. According to an article from the Houston Chronicle from March 31st, 1984, insurance agent Robert Bellew Jr. said he unsuccessfully urged O'Brien to buy more attractive policies with smaller death benefits that would have set up 25000 in cash funds for each child at the age of 23. Much better way to spend uh-huh. your money. He said O'Brien stipulated that his wife not sign the policies and that they be kept in Balu's office, quote-unquote, for convenience. Mm. So, O'Brien, in addition... For, for O'Brien's convenience of not getting caught. Yeah. So, in addition, he had contacted the insurance agency the morning after Timmy's death, Timothy's death, to inquire about a payout. And at the funeral, he was talking to his in-laws about going on a vacation with the money he was going to get from Timothy's death. Dude, pay off your debt. Well, and also... <laughs> don't kill your kids. Don't kill your kids. So. Pay, if you're going to kill your kids for money, pay off your debt with it. <laughs> Be a responsible murderer. When the police asked him about the policies, O'Brien lied and said that he only had the one for the $10,000. Like, they were not going like right. to be able to find out. Oh, well, he said he didn't have another one, so I guess we'll take it at face value. We're not going to do any investigation. So police also learned... In addition to all the other stuff, that O'Brien had been inquiring about the effects of cyanide while taking classes and at his job. A witness. Oh, I'm asking for a friend. What does cyanide do? (laughs) Yeah. What? How does cyanide kill? How? How much would it take to kill? What's the best way to uh, to to uh, get cyanide into somebody's system? Uh, I'm just curious. Not actually going to do anything with it. Also, don't pay attention to my Amazon cart. I totally don't have cyanide in there. <laughs> well, speaking of buying cyanide, a witness came forward telling that telling the police that O'Brien had attempted to purchase cyanide at a wholesale, wholesale chemical store, but left when he found out the smallest quantity he could purchase was five pounds. Because it wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it takes very much. No, I don't think so either. They also then... Like, they tested his pocket knife, and they'd found traces of cyanide and plastic on the pocket knife. So, cutting the Mm -hmm. stuff. So, obviously, O'Brien was arrested, and he was put on trial. Uh, (laughs) Prosecutors said he he poisoned the pixie sticks in an effort to collect life insurance on his children, and as a diversionary tactic, gave the remaining pixie sticks to the other children to make it appear that the urban legend of the Halloween poisoner was true. 
Lame. His defense, of course, argued that it was a random poisoner and that this was all a big mistake. Um, of course, he was convicted. It wasn't me. It was the man with the hairy arm. It was arms. the man with the hairy arm who doesn't actually live in that house, but definitely gave me pixie sticks and only my kids, you know. It was the werewolf poisoner slash burglar of Pasadena, Texas. <laughs> So, of course, he was convicted. Uh, the jury only took 45 minutes to reach their verdict. It took him that long. And then it took him 70 minutes to sentence him to death. I'm I'm assuming that it just took them 45 minutes to reach a verdict and then 25 more minutes to sentence him to death. That's the only thing I can think. So, it took him 70 minutes to sentence him to death because they said, we want to sentence him to death. And the judge was like, are you sure? And they're like, yes. And he's like, are you sure? For 70 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was executed a decade later on March 31st. Death by cyanide? 1984. No, they did do... Damn it. The irony would have been delicious if that's what happened. They definitely did the uh, lethal injection. I don't know if cyanide is part of that, so... I don't know either. But he maintained his innocence. This motherfucker. So this is what he said on his deathbed. This is his last words, okay? What is about to transpire in a few minutes is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you and all. Love you one and all. God bless you and all. God bless you all and may God's blessings be always yours. P.S. Timmy, I'm sorry for poisoning you. Exactly. Or like, even like, I wish Timothy hadn't died. It was a horrible thing that happened. At least show some fucking remorse, dude. Right. Um. So, he was, of course, dubbed the Candyman because... You know. Oh, I've seen that movie. But also, <laughs> he wasn't as cool as that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like Texas in the in the in like 1974, 1975. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it, like that's when Dean Corll got busted too, and he was the candy man as well. <laughs> like, it's just Texas was just full of candy men. <laughs> the they 70s. were just obsessed with candy. Well, what should we call him? Well, I don't know. He's a man, uh, and the case had to do with candy. <laughs> Let's call him the Candyman. <laughs> well, all but isn't that... there already a Candyman? That's nah, eh. the other side of the state. <laughs> well, anyway, either the other inmates called him that, or, but he was also called that in the press. Mm-hmm. But the press also and everyone called him the man who ruined Halloween <laughs> because he fucking did. So he essentially became the face. And the actual story to associate with the Halloween poisoner. See, I figured everyone uh, would have just called him that dumbass motherfucker that tried to poison his kids. Well, I think that's what his ex-wife was calling him. <laughs> I <would> imagine, yeah. <laughs> um, so the death of Timothy by the hands of his father did absolutely nothing to quell parents' concern about faceless, nameless strangers out to get their children. Even in Pasadena though parents did not see the irony in not allowing their children to go out trick-or-treating but then having halloween parties with people they knew and trusted which to me is so funny because he poisoned people he knew and trusted uh-huh. he didn't poison random kids he right. li- even the kid he gave the fifth thing to he knew from church right this is a guy who literally poisoned the people who trusted him yeah and the, the some of the the closest people to him yes yeah yes his 
child. His child and his well, child like, and his ch- friend's children. It's like the the thing with that they always say about kidnapping is like a kidnapping is more likely to be uh, executed by somebody who's close to the family and not some rando stranger. Well, yeah, that's most of the time it's like a parent, a non-custodial parent. Right. Yeah. So, like, it's the same thing with this. It's like, there's not going to be some random asshole that's out there just handing out poison candy on Halloween night. It's going to be, like, somebody who is like, oh, yeah, I got that sweet, sweet life insurance policy on my kid. I'm going to murder him with poison. Well, thankfully, this is the one and only case of that. And I'm happy to say that. Um, obviously, the concern for children's safety continues today well it should um and each each year you see articles like we said mm-hmm. watch out for them those marijuana edibles don't worry about marijuana edibles guys just watch out for the razor blades man exactly that's that that's the one thing i can say don't not check your candy right there's nothing we're not making fun of that like that's a good policy it's very unlikely that that anything will be wrong with the candy but you never know. It's better safe than There was sorry. some dickhead who decided to stick a pin in there because, because they didn't like that your kid was 10 and not... Because you know. he heard about uh, the Candyman from Pasadena and was like, oh, I can totally get away with this. Yep. Legend feeds the legend. Legend feeds the legend. Exactly. So go ahead. Check your candy. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And check your candy. And check your candy. And have your pet spayed and neutered. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's our Halloween episode. I'm sorry it's short, but it's certainly full of information. And entertaining. And entertaining, and hopefully it will keep everybody safe. And entertained. And entertained. If you want to contact us, you can email us at thebasementhosts at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at into the basement. Into the basement. And we're also on Instagram at Into the uh, Basement into, Podcast. Into the Basement Podcast. And we love hearing from you guys. We've been hearing a lot more from you guys recently, and I appreciate it. Um, Rate and review us on, on iTunes if or you'd wherever like you to. get get podcasts. Absolutely. We love hearing from you. We'll see you next time. Happy thank Halloween. You, happy Halloween, and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.